Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. G'day, my name's Emma and I am the founder of Pippin Girl. Do you have a teen girl in your life? Mamas, dads, sisters, aunties, teachers, counsellors, youth workers, we are talking to you. Pippin Girl is a platform and publication passionate about providing fair dinkum, wonderful resources to empower you and that bright young girl in your life as you navigate the beautiful, sometimes hairy, journey to womanhood. We cover anatomy, puberty, health, body image, relationships, but most of all encourage your girl to treasure and take care of that remarkable body of hers. Join us in creating a healthier world for the next generation of girls. Jump on our website, www.pippingirl.com.au to check out our cool, fun and pretty resources or follow us on Instagram to find out more about who we are. Have a good one, lovely, and enjoy the podcast. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Welcome to not only a brand new episode, episode 91, but a brand new collection. I'm so excited about this collection, guys. It is, I'm calling it Behind the Mic collection. Um, and it's really a series about everything to do with being behind the mic, preaching, uh, particularly, although if you are in any way, shape or form involved in public speaking, no doubt you are going to find lots of this really helpful. But before I continue, I have to just let you know my situation right now, because I'm in a good situation right now. I'm a little bit behind on recording this episode. Normally I'm pretty up to being organized. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit behind. And so Cameron's like, babe, I'll cook tonight. So that is my situation. I am recording this podcast while Cameron is upstairs. You're probably going to hear some clanging and banging, making schnitzel and potatoes and um, I don't know, vegetables, I think, but I'm really impressed. (laughs) I thought you might be impressed with that. And so I get, I get to podcast. Normally it's me doing the cooking. So there you go. I just wanted to let you know, this is a good situation in my house today. All right. So what I want to do, I don't know yet how many episodes I might do on this. I might do three or four, see how we go. But I wanted to today focus on particularly around the element of preaching. And I want to use my story and my preaching journey to establish a few key thoughts around preaching. So I've probably got uh, maybe about eight or nine different thoughts today that I'm going to whirl through, but weave them in and out of my story. Can you hear that banging? That is so loud. <laughs> but I want to weave my, um, my points throughout my story. So I hope this encourages you, especially if you would say that maybe, you know, maybe you don't have think that you've got a personality um, for preaching or a personality that likes being in the limelight. This, by the way, is a series for both girls and guys, um, because as you know, I love preaching to both and, um, and both girls and guys you know, will often come up to me and say, I I enjoy your preaching. I love your preaching. So I am definitely not just a girl preacher for girls. I'm a girl preacher for both. Although I do know that I have a lot of girls who particularly watch me 
particularly in this area, perhaps because they don't have another female close by in their world. Um, And so I'm happy to be that for you girls. If you don't have anyone close by, I am so happy to be that person for you. You know, just today I had coffee with one of my girls who um, was with us for quite a few years, but she's married now and her husband works in another church. So she's joined him. And she was like, oh my gosh, Renee, I have got too much of you in me. And we were having a big laugh about that because I can be a little bit unconventional. I can be a little bit sassy and, um, and she's pretty much the same. And it was so funny because she's like, I can hear myself in you so many times or, or different things that I think I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a Renee thought. But you know what? I'm honored. I'm honored for anyone that, um, you know, that could learn from me because I had amazing women that I learned from. I really am so blessed that I I had that. So let me start with my background. And like I said, I'm going to weave my background and the key elements of what I've, you know, kind of learned about preaching. So it's a bit of storytelling and learning all at the same time. So a bit of a change up from the last few podcasts, a nice change up, I think. So If you've been listening to me for a long time, you would know that I actually grew up in a traditional uniting church from about the age of, I think we first kind of started attending when I was three on and off, but really regularly when I was five. Um, And then of course, in my teenage years, I ended up in a more evangelical kind of Pentecostal church, but I love, I love my roots. I love the traditional uniting church I grew up in. And I only grew up, I grew up, by the way, only watching men preach. Women did not preach in our church. It was never something I kind of considered. It never bothered me. I never wanted to or thought about preaching. In fact, my personality by nature, I'm quite shy and I don't like being in the limelight. So where was my first brush with public speaking? Well, it was actually from my very first memory, probably about year seven at school. And I remember I had to do a talk on ants, A-N-T-S, the tiny animal insect, sorry, (laughs) ants. We had to research it and then present a talk. And I remember, I remember my teacher, Mrs. Schmidt, she was so nice to me. I was so nervous, but so excited about sharing what I'd learned, but really nervous about the public speaking kind of aspect. But that was probably the first time I can remember speaking in front of people. And I remember, I'll never forget to this day, I remember the reaction of my teacher because she kind of took me by surprise and it took me aback a a little bit because I wasn't really an A student at school, but I remember I got really high marks that day and she gave me such good feedback. I remember her giving me feedback in front of the rest of the students and I could tell that she really, really, really loved my talk. And I remember being a bit confused as to why she loved my talk. Um, And she kept going on about the way that I addressed the class. And so I probably didn't think much of it at the time, but looking back, I'm like, I think even back then I realized, oh, okay. So I did a good job of speaking in front of people. Then fast forward. I mean, I did some talking at high school, but not, not really a lot that I can remember, but fast forward to uni when I was studying to be a teacher. And again, I remember then having to present in tutorials. And again, I remember one of the first tutorials I presented the lecturer was like over the top encouraging. And she kept asking me, were you nervous? And I remember being like, 
yes, I was so nervous, but I remember her saying, well, I couldn't tell because you kept smiling at everyone. So I remember filing that away and thinking, okay, if I smile at people when I talk, they won't know that I'm nervous. And again, I remember getting really high marks. So obviously I I must have had a bit of a natural ability for public speaking, but it certainly wasn't something I enjoyed doing. It was not something that I volunteered myself for because it made me really nervous. So I only did it when I had to. Anyway, I remember, so like I said, I grew up in a uniting church, but then when I was 13, we moved to my um, my Pentecostal church, and that's when I started watching our senior pastor's wife preaching on Mother's Day and maybe one or two other times throughout the year. And I always remember not only did I love it, the whole church loved it when she spoke. She was funny and she was sassy and she would always pay her husband out and she knew the word of God. And I just remember absolutely loving it. Um, But again, I still had no desire to do it. It wasn't until I was in the youth group under um, as a leader under Russell and Sam's ministry, who, as you know, are from, you know, from began Planet Shakers that started in my church in Adelaide. And they began to tell me that I was called to preach. Now, this was before they'd even heard me speak. So again, like I said, I grew up under incredible leaders that were very prophetic, P-R-O-P-H, prophetic, not pathetic. They were amazing. And I remember being asked to be a part of like a six-week Uh, like armed and dangerous kind of young leaders discipleship. And again, my um, a person who was a leader at the time, but now my really good friend, Nina, I remember her again prophesying over me and saying that she'd never felt the presence of God like that. And so this theme kept coming through in my life of of being called to preach. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I don't like speaking in front of people. So here's my first thought. My first thought around preaching is this. You don't need a certain personality to preach. So you don't have to be the extroverted person to, to be good at preaching. So for me, I am quiet and shy by nature. I was so quiet as a child and growing up. I've learned now because I have to be on the stage a lot and preaching a lot and leading people, but my natural personality, I'm shy and I'm quiet. So don't think that you have to have this extroverted out there personality that loves talking. I'm actually not that much of a talker by nature, although Cameron might disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I think he talks more. Yes, he talks more than I do. (laughs) Um, But I don't like being the center of attention. But what I did decide was, you know what, God, even though I'm shy and I'm nervous, I remember saying to God, I promise I will never knock back any opportunity that you bring my way. I'm going to be obedient. And so you don't need to have a certain personality type. You just need to be passionate. You just need to love God and be passionate. And can I just say on this one, be yourself. Please be yourself. Like guys, I don't feel any pressure to have to be a certain way. I find that the more genuinely I am myself, the more people enjoy when I preach, the more people um, enjoy being around me, and the more it seems to give other people permission to be themselves. I mean, guys, for goodness sake, I preached in space buns the other week. What are space buns, you might say? 
Uh, go and look at a public photo from a couple of weeks ago. You'll see. It's kind of like those, like, you know, like two turned under kind of buns on the bottom, like of my head, like, I don't know, princess Leia style. Anyway, it's just because I didn't want to wash my hair. But anyway, <laughs> you know, there, there's no, no particular thing that you have to do or be. You just need to, to be called and anointed by God. But anyway, more on that. Um, so be yourself is what I'm saying. Um, and my second thought is you, we need to remember that preaching, it's not a career. It's actually a call. I was never ambitious to preach. It's not something that you can force to make happen. Like I chose my teaching career. Ministry is kind of not like that. Um, It's a little bit more difficult. It's more, I always say ministry chose me. I didn't choose ministry. And I think it's similar with preaching. I didn't choose preaching. I feel like preaching chose me, which clearly is like a God thing too. Um, I didn't know that I could preach, particularly when I was younger. God had to literally make it so obvious to me. And to this day, I do not seek a preaching opportunity. Um, And I think this is something that we need to talk about um, more because, and I do when I'm in leadership, when I do leadership sessions, I talk about this, um, that if God has called you to do something, we need to let him open the doors. I saw this awesome Instagram quote the other day by this total girl boss where she said that grace can take you where hustling can't. And I love that because I'm a big believer in hustling and working hard, but there are some places where hustling can't take you. It just needs to be the call and the grace of God. And I think preaching is one of those. I've seen a lot of people, including pastors, by the way, be ambitious for the wrong reasons around preaching. They chase after those preaching gigs. They chase after that particular green room they want to be in. They long for certain platforms. Um, And I can tell by the way they post about it or even worse, guys, please don't do this. Please don't ever do a sponsored ad for yourself. (laughs) I have seen it. I've seen it. I'm not talking about a sponsored ad for like your church, like that's fine. But um, I've seen people do sponsored ads promoting themselves. And I I just, I just, I don't know. I can't deal (laughs) with Maybe you can, maybe you like that, but I just feel like sometimes you need to allow God to open doors. And I think preaching is a call and not a career. My next thought is, uh, it's not about you. It's not about me. Um, and these are probably really the key anthems of my life that I've lived by around preaching. Um, and I think that's why I'm not ambitious and I really don't, I I'm honored to speak in front of 20 people, 200 people or 2000 people. You know, Cameron and I've been to Soul Survivor and stood on the stage with Mike Pilavachi with 10,000 people. And and then I'm like, I, I as happy as Larry will go and preach in a, you know, in front of 20 people. Like, and I think when you know it's not about you, um, then you, um, you know, keeping Jesus at center is just so crucial because the second we get caught up in the pride game, then we've lost the heart of what preaching is all about. And the second that the platform that we're on matters to us, that's the second that we've made ourselves the center. And that's not right. That's not what we're called to do. Our job is to point people to Jesus and not ourselves. And that is my next key point I wanted to talk to you about. It is not about you and me, but it is all about Jesus. So when Cameron and I took over the youth ministry, we felt God tell us to bring Jesus back center. 
uh, to make it about him and to make the focus young people encountering him, not to worry about the program and the lights and all the fancy things, you know, and creativity is good, but don't make that the main game. And, you know, games and fun times are great to have in, in a church and in a, in a youth ministry in particular. But again, um, you know, they're not, we shouldn't get caught up on that. Um, you know, storytelling and being, doing current and relevant series topics, they're all good, but none of that can ever, ever, ever replace Jesus. A fancy sermon doesn't replace with, you know, Jesus. That's what we're up on the, on any, behind any microphone to do. It's about Jesus and keeping him the center of your preach. Um, you know, we can all believe different things Like we might be, you might be on the conservative side of Christianity like me, you might be on the more progressive side, but at the end of the day, the only thing that counts is that we're preaching Jesus. And I spoke about this last week and the core elements of the gospel. And that's why deconstruction will never be a thing because if we're deconstructing those core elements and the main one being that Jesus is the only way to God. He is the way, not a way. He is the truth, not a truth. You know, and some people might be like, oh no, but that's just so exclusive. Well, guess what? Jesus was exclusive and inclusive all at the same time. How many times do we read through scripture? Whosoever will, whosoever will call on my name. Well, he was highly inclusive when he would say those things. But Jesus also said, I am the only way, the truth and the life. And that is exclusive. So Jesus was both inclusive and exclusive because you see the gospel and Jesus and the cross will be foolishness to those who don't believe. I love the message version of 1 Corinthians 1.18. Have a listen to this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's what preaching is. It is the power of God. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, and God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. You know, it won't make sense. We don't have to try and make sense. We just need to preach Jesus anyway, because, um, you know, we're not trying to make sense of it. We're just trying to present Jesus and we must never water down Jesus in our preaching. So my next point, I kind of remember how many I've done now, maybe five. Um, and I want to just talk a bit about where I learned to preach. Um, and I think that people maybe sometimes forget that learning to preach really mostly happens off the stage and the best training ground for any preacher in my opinion and in my experience is definitely in small groups, in those connect groups. Serving in the youth ministry, I learned to preach in my connect group. Um, I didn't actually preach a full sermon until I was 28 and Cameron and I had taken over the youth ministry. Um, but I did, you know, snippets and I did like a young guns preach um, in the young adults ministry. But where I really learned to preach was in front of my small group. Um, 
If you've got someone in your leadership team who wants to preach, but they don't want to do the hard yards in leading a small group of people, don't give them the mic. (laughs) No one gets the mic um, just because they're wanting it, because that's for the wrong reasons. Uh, They should be passionate about wanting to share the gospel um, in a small group. I did devotions and, and preached the word nearly every fortnight in my squad. And like I said, I didn't really speak until I left the youth and, um, the first time that I left youth and I went to young adults and then on a young guns night, uh, so Russell asked me to do like this 10 minute, 10 minute preach. And that was probably the first time I, I did something on a platform was when I was serving under, um, Russell and Sam and young adults. And, um, and again, Russell kept telling me, Renee, you're called to preach the gospel. And I was like, okay, God, whatever, whenever, um, you know, and again, I was probably early twenties at that stage. He had been saying that to me prophetically since I was probably about 18. And I didn't start preaching regularly on a stage until I was like 28. So, you know, I didn't make it happen in those 10 years. I just kind of trusted God and went, well, if this is what you've called me to do, God, then you will open up the doors. And like I said, I was shy, so I certainly wasn't hurrying for it. Um, But when we took the youth ministry over after we were married and we just had Georgia, that's when I started preaching regularly. Um, Plus, I would do our leaders discipleship all the time. And I also learned to preach there. Um, but where did my preaching go from there? It expanded because our church used to do this massive outreach, um, with the women. It was like this massive fashion parade. We used to get about, I don't know, about two or 3000 women would come from kind of all over Adelaide to this fashion parade that our church used to put on. It was amazing. And I remember my senior pastor, um, Jane, she asked me last minute, Hey, can you share around the offering? And I remember thinking that was hilarious because I am at least passionate to this day about doing offering messages or offering talks because probably because I don't consider myself a great faith person around money. Anyway, um, her husband, my other senior pastor, um, Ashley, he was there that night. It's the first time that he'd heard me preach. And I, I remember, I still remember what I spoke on actually. And um, not only was apparently it the biggest offering that had ever been taken up at this outreach, but um, Ashley and Jane were like shocked, like, oh my gosh, she can preach. Um, and so after that, I became one of the main platform preachers. Now our church was had about 6,000 people in it and multiple campuses. So, uh, you know, Jane and Ashley obviously were uh, main preachers and there was a couple of other male pastors. Um, but then I was one of the main platform preachers and I'd also travel to the other campuses. Um, now I'll talk more on the nitty gritties of this later, but I just wanted to say here for anyone who's listening, who is a mum, um, I preached on mother's day, fully pregnant with Liam and had Liam the next day. I remember leading worship on our youth camp with Ashton and I went into labor that night and literally had to drive myself back from the camp because I thought maybe I was in labor. I wasn't sure. Um, yep, I was, I went into labor on our youth camp guys. That is a probably a really funny story that I should tell you guys one day. Um, but I never used a nanny. I always had my kids with me, um, which was very much going against the grain at the time, but that's for another podcast. But I just wanted to say that if God calls you to preach that for me, the kids came first and they kind of did it with me. And I learned to put a sermon together on the fly. Okay. You guys are doing good. 
I have no idea what number I'm up to. I usually like to be so structured with my numbering. Anyway, we'll keep going. Um, Another thought around preaching is preaching is actually different from any other kind of public speaking. So as you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, so I've been teaching for, um, you know, over 20 years and Um, you know, so obviously I was used to speaking in front of a class all the time or staff meetings, that kind of thing. But that is very different. Um, any other kind of public speaking is very different to preaching. Preaching is a different, a different form of public speaking. It's not a talk. There is actually a weight behind preaching because it's not about providing information. It's not, um, you know, it's not just a transfer of information, we are sharing the word of God. The word of God it is alive. It is powerful. It's active. It lasts forever. You know, the messages that we speak when we're preaching, I mean, I know I have taught hundreds and hundreds and thousands of lessons over the years. And yes, they're important. But when we speak the word of God, we are speaking words and a message that will last forever. You know, the word of the Lord, all else will will wither and die, but the word of the Lord remains forever. We're not just imparting information every time we get up to speak. There is a holy weight behind what we are saying. And that is why I will always approach preaching with so much dedication and passion, and I understand the weight behind it and the honor that it is to ever be asked to preach on a platform or to a group of people. Um, in no other form of public communication can transform the heart like preaching can, because it is the word of God. Romans ten eight says. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. There is nothing like God's words to transform a heart. It is the only way that a human heart can be transformed. So preaching is different from any other form of public speaking. Also, preaching is actually God's idea. Matthew 4.23 talks about how Jesus went around teaching and preaching. Mark 17 talks about how we are to go into all the world and preach. Preaching is actually God's idea. Jesus preached, all the leaders in the Bible preached, and we are told to do it too. It is the most sacred calling in the whole world. You know, people get saved. Their eternal souls um, they their eternal souls are saved when they hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Also, another thought, preaching, it will be foolishness to the world. And I think the quicker that we get used to that idea, the braver that we'll be. You know, to a degree, this podcast is an extension of me preaching. I'm, I'm sharing similar ideas here. And, you know, there are people who don't have the same worldview as me, and I've often said this, and sometimes things things that I say, it triggers them, you know, and they fire shots at me like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or she's wrong, or I thought this podcast was meant to be a place of encouragement and kindness, and you know, I, um, those things, often people say, why doesn't that bother you? I'd mull over that. And I'm like, it would have once upon a time, but I'm so utterly convinced that the word of God and, and the gospel and Jesus and preaching is, 
um, is the way, the truth, the life, um, that it is the only thing that can transform a heart and a soul. I'm so convinced that it is the best way to live that it doesn't really, those shots fired don't really bother me because I believe in the core of my being in what I'm doing. I believe in the core of my being that every time I preach that someone's life can be changed because it's not information and it's not my words, it's the word of God. And so I think when we believe that in the core of our being, then we won't be afraid. We won't be afraid of um, what people might say. We won't be afraid. Like even with teenagers, um, if you're running a youth group, I see a lot of people that think they've just got to entertain young people or it's always got to be so fun or it's always got to be so creative. And yes, I mean, you guys know that our youth ministry is all of those things, but that would be emptiness if it wasn't for the main focus being encounter, encountering Jesus. And so that's why we're not afraid ever to just preach the hardcore out gospel of Jesus. Um, and you have to not be afraid of that because a lot of the times what you are going to say is not going to match up with culture. Um, but if you really believe in your heart, then you're not going to get caught up in trying to be so relevant. So preaching is a God design. Only he can move hearts and it's going to be foolishness to the world. But we are in a time where there's deconstruction and decolonization and postmodernism and post everythinganism. And often what we say and our views are going to appear foolish, not only foolish, but they'll tell us like that we are intolerant or we're bigoted or you know, whatever it is, but that's because the gospel is foolishness to the world, but their gospel is foolishness to me. The world to me is just like losing its mind. And I remember verses like, again, uh, in the message Bible, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. I love this. Listen to this. It is written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head and I'll expose the so-called experts as crackpots. <laughs> Guys, this is the message version of the Bible. It is not me saying this, but I love that. The supposed convention wisdom and the experts that are trying to tell us all sorts of things right now, like about gender and pronouns, God's going to call, uh, kind of call it out as crackpots. Verse 20, so where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God, God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered dumb. Guess what he says next? Preaching of all things to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. That is how important preaching is to God. And of course, it's going to be foolishness in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, it is wisdom. And let me finish off here. My last point before um, we finish is that there is a difference between a gifted preacher and an anointed preacher. There is a huge difference between gift and anointing. Now, I will um, unpack this more going into next week where I want to talk about, you know, more of the ingredients that make a really great 
um, preacher or public speaker. Um, but let me just say on this that, you know, people can still be in church and still be bound. I've got people in my life that I know of who I've known really well for decades and decades and decades who probably know scripture even better than I do and who go to church, but they are bound because someone's gifting is not what breaks the yoke and the chains. The Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not a gifted preacher that breaks the yoke. It's anointing. So it's an, what we want to be is not gifted. Don't be a gifted preacher, guys. Be an anointed one. You know, 1 Thessalonians 1.5, it says this, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So it's not only words, but also with power. We need the Holy Spirit to help us interpret scripture. Now, I want to talk more about this next week because I think this is one of the hardest elements to know how to do with preaching. But I would say that one of my probably biggest strengths when it comes to preaching would be the ability to really reach people's hearts when I speak. Um, And this is probably what surprises people the most and um, probably the feedback that I would get the most, the ability to connect heart to heart. Um, And that is um, a really key element to a really good preacher. But I would say that this can only happen not because of a gift. I don't connect with people's hearts because of a gift, although there are certain things we can do to help that connection. But it's because you have the Holy Spirit, and that's because of anointed preaching, not gifted preaching. Anointed preaching connects with hearts because the Holy Spirit knows everyone's hearts. And so there's a real art to learning, you know, how that works and how we can, um, I guess, um, uh, not utilize, but how we can, you know, access that and really make sure that our preach is not just a gifted preach and a polished sermon, but actually anointed. So guys, that's my first lot of thinking around um, preaching. And I know this was more to do with preaching than public speaking as such, although I'm sure that you could get things out of it for both. Um, But yeah, I hope my story has uh, helped you a little bit because like you guys know, I come from, I come from an ordinary suburb in Adelaide from a broken home and you know, to be where I am today, it honestly, it's only for the grace of God. It's only for the call of God. And no matter what God had called me to do, I would have done it with all my heart. It happened to have included preaching, um, which still surprises me to this day. I don't know, maybe God wanted to make that, you know, that scripture about choosing the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I would consider, you know, God chose, uh, you know, almost foolishness or weakness when he chose me. I'm just the you know, that, that little girl from the broken home, I didn't, you know, I grew up in a uniting church. I didn't grow up in a pastor's family. Uh, I grew up with, you know, my mum saved, um, the rest of my family, not, and the opportunities and the places that my, that God has brought me to in my life. Absolutely incredible. The people that I've, you know, shared the stage with, I'm just honestly in awe of what God can do. But like I said, I just, you know, don't be ambitious for it. Um, Let grace take you where hustling can't. So there you go. I, um, I really, I know that there's some incredible 
girls and guys out there um, who have got a call to preach on their life. And I just want to encourage you guys and just say, hey, leave that gift with God and let him open those doors for you. Um, But anyway, so there you go. Uh, If you listen to Friday's Parenthood, come join me. Otherwise, I really look forward to being back next week because I'm going to unpack a little bit more about what are some of the ingredients that make Um, you know, a really effective preach and public speak. So I will see you next week. Until then, guys, have the most wonderful, wonderful week. I pray that you have a really great week this week and I'll see you, um, well, you'll hear from me next week. See you later.